Hey, this is Jay. Before we start the episode, I wanted to share some really exciting news. Calibra was just named a leader in the 2023 Forrester Wave Report for data governance solutions. If you don't know what the Forrester Wave is, it's essentially a guide for us buyers considering options for software. If you want to get to know Forrester a bit better, go back and check out our recent episodes with Raluca Alexandru and Michelle Getz from Forrester. I love these conversations. We had a total blast. And I can't resist making a plug here either. To learn more about the report, go to Calibra.com slash data download dash Forrester Wave dash DG. And we're going to put all of that in the show notes as well, so that it's easy for you to navigate to them and check out those reports. All right, back to the show. This is the Data Download, your guide to upping your game when it comes to managing and accessing data in your organization. For Calibra, I'm your host, Jay Millich. Digital transformation, technology modernization, cloud transformation, right? All of these kinds of initiatives have been and continue to be front and center, top of mind for executives for several years now. Yeah, they're inspired by several different kinds of reasons. You know, when it all boils down to it, it's really all about data. I'm not the only one who says this, of course. So, you know, don't just take it from me. Let's hear from someone else who's leading the way on cloud transformation. My name is Milo Milovanovic. I'm a senior director at Booking.com. I oversee the group that does data and machine learning platforms. Obviously, as the biggest travel company, we have a lot of data that we store and process in our systems. And we are going through this huge transformation process right now of replatforming our on-prem data, machine learning, and analytics environment into the cloud. And with that, there is data governance stuff that we are tackling and a bunch of other reliability and like access controls and the consumption pattern issues that we are trying to make better for our, for our customers. Well, that's great, Milo. Thank you. So why don't we start with this cloud transformation effort that you're on right now? Like, why did you decide to get going on that? You know, it may sound like an obvious question, but what were sort of the, the factors that got you going on, on beginning that journey? So obviously, a lot of companies are going through the same cloud transformation, not just on the data and ML and analytics side, but just in general. And I think right. it's a trend in the industry, and like obviously, it would be crazy not to look into it. The main thing that we really want to get out of the cloud is to leverage the cloud-native services. And the main benefit, as we can see, is that it really speeds up the innovation for us. So we want to shorten the time from an idea to prototype to proof of concept to deploying some in production and then leveraging our data for better customer experience as fast as we can. We definitely do not see cloud as some kind of a cost-saving mechanism or anything like that. It's really about speeding up the innovation and in this particular area, using the data to speed up that innovation. I love that notion of looking at the components of how you do development on new projects and shortening the time from step to step. So the overall time to market on your, you know, let's say enhancements and innovations and products, are you seeing that benefit yet? Or is this something that's down the road? Like, where are you on the journey and how is that acceleration going? That's a good question. And in bookings context, it's a bit of a complicated question. Okay. There's a couple of sides to this. One is obviously the cloud side, which again, has all these cloud native services that we are really eager to leverage. But on the other hand, and which is why Calibra really comes into play is that 
traditionally booking hasn't really had a very good culture around data, especially around governance, permissioning, data quality issues, and so on. That's really the other side of this transformation coin. Like one is moving data from on-prem into cloud and leveraging different technologies to speed up this innovation. The other side is data governance, data quality, data controls, access controls, being able to respond to different privacy laws that are really becoming front and center for a lot of our data. So if you're going to speed up innovation that leverages data, what you really need to have is two things. One is to have the best-in-class technology to leverage that data, and the other is the quality of that data. You can have the best technology out there, but if your data is of poor quality and or people really have to spend a lot of time getting the data to the point where they can use it, then the game is kind of lost. And right now, for booking, we haven't really done a good job of getting our data to that highest quality than analysts and machine learning scientists can leverage. What I'm hearing you say then is speeding innovation using cloud technologies certainly sounds good as a goal. The foundational components of that, quality, controls, things like that, so that it's, let's say, easy to use good data is the key, right? One of the keys, at least. Yeah, that's oftentimes that's overlooked because everybody concentrates on the, on the really new and hot stuff. But the boring stuff of actually making sure that your data model is appropriate for whatever data you're using and that you have lineage tracking. I mean, like I'll give you like a really classic example. If you take a raw piece of data and you transform it, you know, like several times into some kind of consumable uh, format, and then three months from now, your analyst notices that some values are off. How do you trace back where that problem is? Is it at the raw source? Is it in one of the transformation layers and so on? If you don't have the proper governance in place where you can trace back lineage, who had access to what, like where your data quality roles define and like whether something was breached, it becomes a huge project to sort of detect where that error occurred and then being able to remedy that error. That's the big thing. And then that really takes a lot of time and you lose valuable uh, time and resources to then devote to that instead of creating new products for customers. Right. I guess that classic phrase that we all hear is, uh, you know, the data scientist spends 80% of their time on data quality issues, cleansing, preparing, and all of that. What I'm hearing you say is you're speeding that up and lowering it from 80 to something lower. Yeah, exactly. And Booking is not the only organization that I've been at where data analysts and ML engineers would consistently tell me, we are tired of spending majority of our time ETLing and massaging the data first in order for us to use it. We want to kind of get that down to 20%. So you're really spending minority of your time on the actual models and, and science of data versus um, having to process it to the point where it can be used. So your scientists have better job satisfaction too at the same time. Like there's another side benefit there from a cultural standpoint as well, I guess. That's right. And I think that's a, one of the things that, that we have also noticed is that that job satisfaction becomes, I mean, this is obvious almost, but it becomes so critical at times. And for some people, the people just leave because they're frustrated. They, they don't want to be running these ETL jobs. They want to really focus on like what their core capabilities and skills are, which is data model creation, data model testing, analysis, seeing what else can be derived out of these data assets or, uh, that we can then leverage for business. Scientists want a science. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Scientists want to do science. Data yeah. engineers want to do data engineering. Yeah, yeah, just keep yeah. it that way. <laughs> In your words, what are some of the just tangible benefits of 
cloud native versus an on-premise, your managing systems sort of uh, approach? What, what are the benefits that you're seeing? Uh, cost wasn't the thing that came to mind for you. It's time savings by far. I mean, a lot of the times if you want to create a new SQL or no SQL database or run some processes, setting up the infrastructure to be able to do that takes a lot of time and a lot of engineering. In big organizations like Booking, what ends up happening is that we build tooling that can automate like that process as much as we can. And essentially, it's kind of duplication of cloud-native services. So to give you a good example, Booking has a huge MySQL fleet where a lot of our operational data is stored, and we have built a huge uh, set of tools that automate the provisioning of these MySQL instances, backing up, you know, schema management, access controls, and so on. But then we are only limited to, say, like MySQL. If you go to some service like RDS, for example, you have MySQL, you have Postgres, there's other offerings. That's where, where we want to get to, to be able to offload that operational burden to the cloud and then have a wider variety offering. And then the other thing is that a lot of these cloud native services, for example, like S3 has automatic copy of data between regions and uh, three copies that Mm -hmm. ensure that your data is durable. Building that kind of functionality into into services on-premise is a very, very difficult task. I mean, cloud services have really solved some of these really, really difficult problems around reliability, providing really high SLAs, and you know, getting to that last 5% of reliability becomes almost as big of a project as getting you to that 95%. Great. So less depth of the amount of engineering and infrastructure and system administration work that your, that your staff has to perform and also helps you go faster and provide more let's say, features to those analysts and data scientists. So then the calculation is that if you can offload that infrastructure work on uh, cloud-native services, then you can re-leverage the people that would be working on those on-prem onto other things that are more closer to business and, and can drive products and ultimately be better customer experience on our apps. Are you talking about internal enterprise analytics type workflows, or are you talking about product innovations and producing data-based products, data products for customers, consumers, or both? Like, let's talk about that scope of how, you know, where you're focusing, uh, you know, the who are the quote-unquote consumers of the data products that your teams are, are working on using this cloud technology? I mean, ultimately, the beneficiaries of this entire effort are our customers. Like on our website, when you go and search for properties, we have a ranking algorithm that runs and, and like makes sure that you get the most relevant properties that are really customer specific for you at the top of your like search list so you don't have to scroll down you know 50 times to, to actually find the hotel that you're looking for in order for that kind of like product to be available to customer we need to have a rich set of data to understand who you are as a customer what kind of preferences do you have for your hotels where you would like to stay and so on and then be able to on demand run this model so performance is a key issue uh, so that when you hit the, that search button the appropriate hotels really are listed at the top. The other big effort that Glenn has always talked about is this product called Connected Trip. So right now we are very concentrated on accommodations. So hotels are where you're going to stay. But if you book a flight with us and or transportation, whether it's car rentals or taxis, those are all sort of like separate bookings that are not very well connected like currently. What we want to get to is that it really becomes uh, part of a just like a one big reservation offering, and they're all kind of aware of each other. So, say if you book a flight and a hotel and a and a taxi with us, and your flight gets canceled or moved, 
there's downstream processes that can run and say, okay, uh, your flight has been delayed by one day, therefore we're going to change your hotel reservation your and your car reservation and so on. Oh, wow. But in order to have a product like that, again, you really have to be aware of your customer data and being able to process that data in a timely fashion and like understand all these things. And that's where this whole data ecosystem comes into play. Yeah. And not just timely, I think it sounds like that those examples that you're giving, that's almost real-time processing that you're going to want to do. If somebody has that flight canceled, they're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> potentially. Yeah, yeah. They're, you know, they're stuck in an airport, potentially, and they may need to quickly get into a hotel so that they can you know, come back tomorrow to get the next flight. So being able to process that quickly, like really quickly, I think is pretty important. I mean, we all know the nightmare of when you get that notification from the airline saying the, <laughs> that your flight was canceled. Yeah. The last thing at that moment that you want to do is have to call some you know, dial a number and stay on the line for three hours to finally talk to somebody right, to then remedy right. the, the rest of your reservation. What do you want to get to a, a product offering where that is largely automated for you? Clearly, you're leveraging data in, in really important ways to enhance the end user sort of customer experience. With features, with rankings, choices, things like that, as well as you know, booking transaction. I want to understand how you're measuring that time to market kind of improvement, that process improvement and, and innovating faster and releasing faster, et cetera. Everyone in the audience, I think, is going to be really interested in hearing how do you get started? How do you make your case to get going? What do you start with first? You know, how do you make the choices on what you want to change first in this transformation journey? So I started at Booking in June of 2020. And uh, it was an interesting time to actually start with a travel company. I mean, now we almost forget, but sure. March of 2020 yeah. was an interesting time because of COVID and everything else. So a lot of people were asking me about my choice to go to a travel company right as the pandemic was heating up. But anyway, I came to Booking and I was tasked to evaluate our current data analytics and ML offerings and see what we can do um, to improve that. I think there was, at the leadership level at Booking, there was definitely an awareness that something really needs to be done on a lot of these different aspects of our data ecosystem. I have a rich experience and I've been in other companies where we have gone through similar transformations. And so what I've determined and wrote a strategy document and pitched to leadership and so on is that we really need to do something pretty big here. I think what we need to do is go from on-premise to the cloud and completely retool our, or like reboot our data ecosystem. And that's, that's the journey that we are on right now. So we are building everything in the cloud, using latest technologies, building out a data warehouse, a bunch of consumption tools for the ML and analytics. And then on the, on the first point about measuring how much we're speeding up innovation, that's a tricky one. We don't really have a golden formula, to be honest. But I'll give you like one example that we've looked into. So everybody knows that when you have a model, a model has a bunch of features that go into it, and then there's an outcome that the model produces. One of the things that we are potentially looking into one of many is that how many features are like on average or even like for some of these more important models, how many features go into a model and like whether that can increase in complexity. So the more features you can have, the better outcome you ultimately will have. So we'll have metrics like that. They will tell us, okay, things are getting more complex or they're like faster being deployed out there. And then uh, simple things like, okay, fine, you know, a new project has been created. We have an inventory of all the projects, that, like new projects that we created, you know, like when that project gets 
created to like when yeah, she gets deployed into like production, we can measure that. So there's going to be like metrics like that that we are going to be taking a closer look and then seeing how that metrics evolves over time. So I'm hearing you say you're you're starting to measure, let's say the richness of a, a feature or a product that has been innovated upon and you're measuring the usage of it. Yeah, exactly. And then because this, we are going to have clear visibility into who has access to specific data sets, we can also measure you know, the popularity of a data set, who's uh -huh. using it and for what purposes with clear lineage solutions, we can tell, okay, well, this raw piece of data has been transformed through all these like different data sets. So we know the importance and we can bubble it up in the in our catalogs and, and so on. So there's different metrics that we can use. They're not super defined. We have some ideas of how we want to track this stuff. And we are in sort of early stages of deploying this cloud environment. So it's definitely work in progress, but we have some good ideas of how we want to best track. Got it. All right. So early stages. So what do you think the big next steps are that are coming in this transformation journey for you? I mean, the big next steps is really migration of all these data assets and, and Still, uh, so that the long slog of moving. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. The long slog of moving data and our use cases, and then allowing people to build new use cases on top of the data that we have. Right now, we are uh, kicking off a project where we want to get pretty much all the raw data that we have on-premise that's being pushed into our on-premise data environment to make that data available in the cloud. So that involves scaling our ingestion pipelines and making sure that we have all the governance tooling in place to account for that. Right. And then once we have that in place and some set of default consumption tools, then we're going to have this rich raw data playground where people can come and migrate their use cases and then also allow for other new products and use cases to be onboarded into this ecosystem. You, know, you mentioned something earlier that was that I, I want to come back to. And you mentioned something called region. How does this region concept help you to make sure that these cloud resources are in the right places from a legal standpoint, regulatory, privacy, all of that? Tell, tell me about that. The regulatory and legal aspects are really, really becoming very complex, mm -hmm. largely due to the fact that different countries have their own version of what privacy is and <laughs> right. how they want their citizens' data to be handled. So some countries enforce rules where uh, the data has to be written in a region where those people are citizens of. So that's that's an interesting challenge that we are dealing with. And so to your specific questions about how does the different region help us is that, well, okay, the fact that we can have data available in specific region for those specific folks that are citizens of that country, that obviously helps us a lot. And you can imagine if you were to build, like having to build out our own data centers in every specific region where that requirement is a must, that becomes huge project and huge cost. <laughs> right. The other stuff like privacy, GDPR, uh, CCPA laws that come out of California, all of those are, they really add a lot of complexity, both from product and technology point of view. So when a customer comes in and say, look, I want you to delete all the data that you have on me, that sounds simple, but uh, you have to understand that a piece of customer data proliferates all over our data ecosystem. And, you know, this same piece of data could be written in various different formats in, you know, hundreds of tables. So to be able to account for that and then to action on that becomes a fairly complex task, which is why using cataloging and lineage solutions and permissioning and so on really, really becomes important so that every time that the customer requests an action from us with respect to privacy, it doesn't turn into a huge project for somebody to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that foundation that, that you started out this, this meeting with is exactly what helps that use case later uh, to for those just 
tasks to go fast. Exactly. And then saves us time from having to devote resources to these kinds of things. If that's largely automated to, again, be more devoted to. So you're, so you're, so not only are your engineers happier, your, your lawyers are happier too. Yeah. Everybody's happy. <laughs> everybody's happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Everybody's exactly. happy. When the lawyers are happy, we're all happy. Excellent. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now we're talking about data is in multiple places, but it's not just chaotic all over the place. You're now able to really carefully manage, monitor, and know where everything is, et cetera, right? So you've laid out all of that visual for us in your shop, in your company. Like, is a central data team, like, the owner of the data sets that then get created? Are there business units around the company that own the data but using your infrastructure, how are you sort of doing that ownership, roles, responsibilities? Like, how do you approach that? It's the latter option. What we are doing is that those that produce the data are going to be the owners of that data. So because the business units are obviously closer to business and therefore they understand the data that they're producing a lot better than any central team ever could. So we are basically going to be mandating that anytime a piece of data needs to needs to be ingested into this ecosystem, a data store has to be identified for that data. And that data store is going to come from the business. And they are going to be responsible for accounting for like what's in this data? Are there any privacy-related fields in this data? Is there PCI data, PII data? And then on the permissioning side, they're going to be in charge of uh, making decisions who gets access to this data. Like if I want to come and read some data from from our accommodations business unit i'm going to request that and then that data storage is going to say yes or no and our tooling is going to be able to facilitate that exchange oh beautiful between the consumers and the producers but they're going to be ultimately like responsible for who gets access to what we're going to record all the stuff you're going to have all the historical data on who had access who has access and so on so that we can answer any of these auditable questions from regulators and lawyers yeah you have that obligation yes. too, right? so we're going to have a detailed log of all this stuff from history and the present but the ultimate responsibility of who gets access to what what the data is versioning of that data and everything else that's going to be on the business i love that so the business is responsible for the business data essentially is, is what I'm hearing you say. Now you're central. Are those data engineers that you mentioned, are they central or are they also in the business? Like you, you, men, you mentioned someone's got to, an engineer has to ingest data from some, let's say, source systems and then create a data set for that business data steward to be responsible for. Are they in the same groups typically or, or is there a transaction there that a project, let's say, that, that has to happen with a central team? The team that uh, that I oversee uh, is a part of a central technology team, which is a horizontal organization within Booking.com. And then all the different business units are kind of verticals that sit on top of that horizontal. What my team and we are trying to build out is a set of tools where onboarding of new data sets, provisioning credentials, all of the stuff that we talked about already is fairly automated to a point where oh, great. not a lot of intervention from the my central team needs to happen in order to say, okay, I want to onboard data set A and therefore you have to go through 17 steps to do that. We want to largely automate that. So you come to us and you say, I want to onboard this the, the streaming data. We can infer the data, the schema from the data asset, kind of do a pre-registration process, create a registration record in the catalog uh, the data store can sort of look it over and say, okay, it looks good, kind of says save, you know, then that kicks off the ingestion process and everything starts streaming. That's the kind of ecosystem that, 
that we are building out. Oh, that's just that's a dream. That's fantastic. Uh, as automated as possible, as as uh, distributed as possible, so the business is enabled by your team, right? So, so that they can be successful on their own. Correct. Do you see business teams kind of interacting with each other yet directly without having to go through you? Like you're describing sort of this hub and spoke picture, right? Where you've got a central team and then business teams around it doing stuff with their data. Are you seeing those business teams interacting with each other around data? Yeah, definitely. And that's where the like the catalog piece really comes into play. Uh, the catalog, as I've always tell people, is this central piece where the exchange of data really happens between different parties, whether that's producer and consumer parties or producers and producers or consumers, consumers, and so on. And having a great catalog where discovery of data becomes very easy is a central piece for, for the success of this kind of ecosystem. So my, my ultimate example is always, okay, we hire a new data analyst in Booking. How hard is it for that new person that has zero context on any of the data assets in the booking? How hard is it for them to actually discover the data set that they need to do their project, whatever they're working on right now? And if you get to a point where that becomes a fairly easy task, to me, that's really like points to a, like a great success because you won. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to talk to people that have been there for 20 years and have all this tribal or institutional knowledge and they can tell you, well, no, 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 don't use this or that or whatever. And there's definitely different mechanisms by which we can facilitate uh, like this kind of easier discovery. And I think that's that's really what we are after here. So that boring stuff is really not that boring. Yeah. When that new analyst yeah. is working today after they started yesterday, as opposed to week weeks from now having to figure out where stuff is. I mean, every time, you know, like when you mention data governance or, you know, data catalogs, people start, you know, falling asleep. <laughs> and really they shouldn't because that really that really is the central piece. And there's a lot of interesting engineering that goes in into those technologies in order to make them uh, sophisticated enough where this kind of exchange can happen. Yeah. Well you sold me, Milo. This was this was a great a great set of examples on on how that enablement using tech, uh, using cloud technologies is is really speeding up your business, creating better products, right? better features, faster, et cetera. So re really, really cool. The thing that I realized in, in, in Booking's example and a few others that I've been involved in, this is really a journey. There's no, this is not going to happen in six months or a year. This really is a step-by-step -step, uh, development of strategy, selling that strategy to business units. I mean, there's, there's an interesting dynamic between writing a strategy, going out to business, pitching to them because they have, they have business pressure. So they, they're always after the mm -hmm. increasing yeah. Revenues, creating new products and so on. And when you come and say, hey, I need you to spend six months or a year just moving from A to B and like I promise it's going to get better and you're going to be able to do your job a lot faster. It takes a lot of convincing. And so that has been an interesting journey, but I do welcome that. Those discussions have been really informative for me. And I think we have done, um, the business has been amazing partner in this journey. And I think that's, uh, those are healthy discussions to have. So it's an exciting time to be at Booking. I and many in our audience, I think, can learn from you on that one. So, uh, so how do you how do you help your executive team with patience, or are you <laughs> with with waiting for that promise of six months from now, or are you delivering small wins along the way? How, how does how does that work for you? How, how have you been able to keep folks excited? Yeah, it's a basket of things. So right now, uh, we have two streams of how we onboard data uh, into this ecosystem. One is use case by use case. So we have a, a structure by which we intake new use cases and decide, okay, this one is more ready than, than, than another and so on. And in parallel, we are doing, we are scoping out this like mass migration of raw data to 
as I said, kind of create this playing field of we have data, we have compute power, so we can process all this stuff. As we have onboarded some use cases, then that creates better PR for the platform that we're building and others are saying, oh, okay, like this is real thing. So, you know, I want to kind of look into it and there's no magic, there's no silver bullet. Like nobody, like I'm not going to go in, like people are just going to line up and say, sure, like we want to do this. So it's a combination of many, many different things. So you're building solutions to meet long-term strategic goals. And while you're doing that, you're delivering on some bridges, right? That show some positive benefit like immediately or in a short-term approach too along the way. So people get confidence. Yeah. We have a use case right now where they have onboarded a group to our ecosystem and they're creating a video touting how great the experience has been and how how much faster the new environment is and how they can do their, their processing a lot faster. So that and then obviously we're going to use that to sort of advertise and say, see, this is what we are talking about. Well, if I heard one thing to take away from this chat, it was this. Leverage your cloud transformation journey to innovate faster. If your technology transformation objectives are merely to lower costs, you know, you may be missing the boat. Milo and Booking.com are leveraging their uh, cloud-native technology approaches to do what? To go faster on new data development efforts. How? Well, by making it easier for data scientists to do their data science, rather than spending their time on non-innovative tasks like, you know, addressing data quality issues. Speaking of that, what's another key thing we can do to help our organizations innovate faster? Well, it's good data intelligence programs and processes, right? And data quality is a big part of that. Knowing where your data is, where it came from, finding and fixing issues before the data scientists begin using that data for their advanced modeling. That's where it's at. All right, well, look, all of that is a big development win internally for their analysts and data scientists. Well, it becomes a super product feature improvement too, right? Because guess what? Their property search rankings help their customers make travel decisions faster. Ultimately, what does that mean? That means a better experience for their customers. So what does all this mean? That product feature win then becomes really magnified for everybody. Everyone's getting value here. We're talking about product teams, customers, uh, partners, executive teams really everybody. Innovating faster, more deeply, more safely. That's what your cloud transformation and data intelligence programs are driving. And I think we can all get on board with that. For Calibra, this is The Data Download. I'm your host, Jay Millicher, and I'll see you next time. Want even more insight into managing your data? Visit Calibra.com slash podcast for additional resources on the topics covered in our show. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a new episode. And a five-star review certainly doesn't hurt our chances with the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm, isn't it, folks? It's a great way to help us reach new listeners, and we truly do appreciate your support. The Data Download is a production of Calibra in collaboration with Stories Bureau.